We long for your unmerited favor. We cannot do without you. You are everything we need. Jesus, you are everything we need. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Lift up your voice and begin to worship the Lord. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him this very moment. God in the midst of us is mighty. You all we need, Jesus. All we need, Lord. Everything to us. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We cry out to you, our Savior. We cry out to you, the living God. No one beside you, God. Spirit of the living God, full of fresh on us. Oh, we need the living water to flow through us, Lord. We need your fire, God. We need your power, Lord. Desperate for you. We are desperate for you, Lord Jesus. Mandolobosa. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father, because you said we are two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of them. Jesus, Son of the living God, we know that you are here this morning. We know your spirit is here this morning. We know that you have deployed your angels around this house this morning. Angels that obey the biddings of the Lord. Ministering angels that are called to serve those who inherit salvation. Bless your name for your presence. We cannot have any meeting without you. No fellowship without you. No Jesus, no gathering. No Jesus, no gathering. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in this place. Spirit of the living God, have your way in this place. Spirit of the living God, have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Unreservedly, Holy Spirit, have your way. Spirit of the living God, have your way in this place. Move among the seven candlesticks. Touch every life in this place. Touch a life today, God. We want to feel your sweet Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. 
knees. Touch every heart, melt every broken heart in this place. Break every sound, break our life, break minds, break every heart in hearts. Fill every soul with your spirit this morning, Lord. Let everyone tune up to heaven this morning, Lord. We want to hear your gentle voice. We want to hear your gentle voice. Oh, Lord, have your way in this place. We open up to you, Holy Spirit. We open up to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. We open up to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we consecrate our hearts, O God, this morning, Lord. Let your fire pass through us this morning. Let it burn off everything that is not of you. Everything that highly exalts itself above the knowledge of God in our life. Every thought, O God, Father, we take them captive to the obedience of Christ. Let your fire burn through us today, God. Holy Spirit, you are the consuming fire. You are the refining fire. You are the purifying fire. Lord, we ask that your fire will pass through every soul in this gathering this morning. And let it burn down off. Let it burn off every carnality. Let it burn off every shaft. Let it burn off every ungodliness, every evil thought. Every form of God, Father in heaven of depression. Let the fire of God burn them off this morning. Every anxiety be burnt off this morning. Father God, we give you our hearts this morning. We ask God of heaven that you will reign supreme in our hearts. Reign supreme in our soul. Have your way, O oh God, and sit and throne on the table of our hearts this morning. Jesus, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Take your place in this house. We surrender all to you this morning. We say, speak your word, Father, for your servant heareth. Open up our ears to your word this morning. Open up our heart to receive the revelation of your word this morning. Let your word break and melt and mold us. Let your word take us to the next level. Enable us to hear the heartbeat of God this morning. We want to hear your word. We want to soar on wings like eagles. We want to rise to the heavenlies. Father God, I pray that God, let your ordination for our gathering this morning, Lord God, be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will not go home the same way we came in. But Lord God, you will be touched by you. We will be refreshed by you. Father God, our life will be totally transformed. Thank you because by the time we leave this place, we will have an encounter that we have been in your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are welcome. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Can I just ask us all to just take our seat in the presence of the Lord? Thank you, choir. Thank you, young ones. Thank you for standing before the presence of the Lord to minister. I believe the Lord has ministered back to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I count it a privilege to be in the presence of God this morning. What about you? It is a privilege to be in the presence of the Most High. Because God always has something good in store for us. And I believe that the Lord 
will not disappoint us as he always not disappoint us this morning he will reach out to you and he will change your life the choristers were actually singing a brief of my message this morning and that is to tell us that the spirit of god is one i bring you greetings from apostle tb williams and reverend omar williams they are enjoying the wonderful presence of god in nigeria and i believe that their spirit is with us this morning hallelujah as we are all aware that this is our covenant month as a church this is the month that christ Feta banaku was born and this is the month also that our father and the lord has a revelation from god about what god is about to do in united kingdom so we are living in a very crucial and an essential season and i want every one of us to key into what god is about to do in this month this month is not a month to be taken lightly it's not a month to be taken like any other month it's a month that god wants to reach out to yourself and myself and he wants to place us in a position he wants to position us in the very place of god so where god will reach out to each and every one of us and i believe that in this month none of us will be found wanting each one of us will receive from the lord but it depends on how big our appetite is and that brings me to the title of my message this morning how big is your appetite how big is your appetite we all know what appetite means appetite is a natural desire to satisfy a bodily need especially for food some of us have big appetites some of us have a small appetite some don't even have appetite at all and those who don't have appetite at all may have maybe medical reasons why they don't there may be an issue medically why they do not have appetite some will seek for medical help because there is no appetite you need to have appetite because if you don't then you'll be injuring your bodily system so every one of us all have appetite but if you don't have appetite you will have appetite by the time we finish this message this morning so a natural desire to satisfy a bodily needs especially for food a strong desire or liking for something I don't know what your desire is this morning, but I believe that each one of us who have come before the presence of the Lord, we have an expectation from God. You have a desire, a longing desire in your heart that you want God to meet this morning. And I tell you, God never come empty-handed. He's so rich, he's so empowered, and he's so full of the goodness of God. And the Bible says, how great is his goodness that he has thought of for those who love him. So I believe that each one of us will receive a portion of God's goodness this morning. Amen? So what does appetite mean? Appetite means craving. It means longing, yearning, hunger, thirst, passion. How many of us have passion for God? Just a few. I'll ask the question again. How many of us have a big passion for God? I expect all hands to raise up. I have a passion for God. You have a passion for God. That is why you are here this morning. But the passion is not just about you coming to Sunday service alone. When you have a passion for God, you want to be where God is. 
And God is not only in the Sunday meeting. God is in your Monday meeting. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God is in the 365 days of the year. So where God is, you want to be there because you are longing for him. How big is your appetite? So what are the things that constitute a big appetite for God? That's what we want to talk about this morning. What are the things that constitute a big appetite for God? Yes, we we may have appetite for food, but God wants you to have appetite for him. He wants you to be thirsty of him. He wants you to be hungry for him. Very soon, in a few days' time or a few weeks' time, we'll be going into our anniversary. How big is your appetite? What is your desire? Maybe someone has not even thought about the convention. Someone has not even, that not come to mind that this month or this year, this month and this year is God's divine favor and this month is God's divine power. And it happens to be in the month of power is when Christ's faith tabernacle will be celebrated 28 years. So what are the things that constitute a big appetite for God? I want to create a thirst in your spirit. That is my aim this morning. I want to restore back that passion that you once have. Or maybe you have a passion, but God wants to increase that passion. That is my aim this morning. Psalm 42, verse 1 to 2. Say, as a deer pounds for streams of water, so my soul pounds for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? So what are the things that constitute a big appetite for God? Making God your priority is number one. When you make God your priority, you want to be where God is. The deer will pounce for the water because he's thirsty. What are you thirsty for? Are you thirsty for God? If you are thirsty for God, you want to run where God is. This morning, when you come to church, how was your appetite? I was coming with another sister this morning. She was late. She was just running, 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 running. I said, this woman is a, has a big appetite for God. Because she knew the time that the church would start. And she was running. Are you the sort of person that when church is about to commence, you are just dragging your feet? Some don't even come into the auditorium. They are out there. So you are not like this psalmist who said, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. You are not like this psalmist that said, when can I go and meet with my God? Some even didn't bother to even show up this morning. They said, well, the weather is so cold, I better just be under my cute and just watch it online. How thirsty are you this morning? How big is your appetite? So when you, when you have, when you make God your priority, God is the number one. God is your first point of call when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, you don't think about the money you are going to make in your business. You don't think about the business partner you are going to meet in, in the city. You don't think about any other thing, but the thought that comes to your mind is God. So I'm alive again to serve God. The psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I don't know how you praise God, but when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, so I have now opened my eyes to a brand new day. I'm alive. 
So the reason why I'm alive is because I'm alive for you. You are my priority. I'm alive. What assignment do you want me to do today? What assignment? What is my purpose for living? If my purpose for living is just to satisfy my husband or satisfy my wife or provide for my children, then that is no life. What is God's priority? God should be your priority. So when you, when you have a, a heart for God, a big appetite of God, your attitude will be, I want to be where you are. I love the song that says, I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. I love that song. Dwelling daily in your presence. How many of us jump off from our bed and the only the thing that we jump off of, we just go to the bathroom, wash our face, wash, take our bath and come to church. Have you spent time in the presence of God? Have you really praised the God who made you to come alive? Our attitude should be, I just want to be where you are, in your presence. What constitutes a big appetite for God? Number two, developing an intimacy with God, where your spirit and your body is involved. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. This was a psalm that David wrote when he was in the wilderness or in the desert in Judah. Yes. He was seeking God in the desert. What do you find in the desert? Dryness. Bare land. No water. And some of you might be in a situation this morning, sitting down, and your condition does not warrant you to be in God's presence. You are dry. Hopeless situation. But guess what? Even in the midst of hopelessness, David learned to praise God, learned to seek God. He He sought God in a dry and weary land where there is no water. His soul pants for God. When you face a dilemma in your life, you don't run away from God. You run towards God. You should come to a place that God, you said, Lord, if every other thing, if I lose every other thing, Jesus is there enough for me. There's a song that we sang earlier. We give thanks to the Lord. We give thanks to God because it's Jesus that we need. He's everything. If Jesus is not taken away from you, then that's it. You have everything. Take every other thing. Riches, wealth, luxury. But when you have Jesus, you have everything. So when you are going through times and situations in your life, when you are going through your trying moments, guess what? You have to come to God. You need to come and build up an intimacy with Him. A fellowship with Him. Because in that you will face joy, you will find joy, and you will find fulfillment. So our spirit must thirst after God, even in our drying moments. Another thing is that we should respond to God's invitation. John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
John, God is inviting you. God is showing you an open invitation if you are thirsty. For you to have an appetite for God, you need to be hungry. For you to have an appetite for God, you need to be thirsty. So God is now inviting the thirsty. So your first point of call is to be thirsty for God. Is to be hungry for God. And when you are hungry, God is now inviting you. He's inviting you. Let anyone who is thirsty come and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Because up to that time the Spirit has not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But today we have the Spirit of God. Today we are filled with the Spirit of God. When you come to Jesus, He fills you up with His Spirit. Another scripture that is similar to that is in Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. He said, come all you who are thirsty. This is another invitation that Jesus is inviting us. Come to the waters and you have no money. Buy. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on that which is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fear. Some of us spend our time in things that is not profitable. Things that will not bring value to our lives. When you are supposed to spend time in the presence of God and receive direction, you are there making use of your own knowledge and intellect and doing trial and error. Christianity is not about trial and error. If you are living a life of trial and error in Christendom, then we are no, no different to those who are not born again at all. A born again should be able to be in the very center of God's will. A born again should know the right way and should have a right direction and focus. Not trying this, if it doesn't work, then I try another. No, God wants us to be focused. When we draw to the Lord, when we adhere to his invitation, he says the Spirit of God will come upon us. And the Holy Spirit will begin to direct us in the right way to go. So God is inviting us this morning. God wants our life to be productive. God wants our life to be fruitful. God wants us to live a fulfilling life. But we can only live a fruitful, fulfilling, and productive life when we just agree to God's invitation. In the book of Esther, during the week we look into the life of Queen Vashti. But I'm not going to touch on that this morning. But I'm going to touch on the scripture previous to that. So the story of Queen Vashti. But Esther, there's a big, important lesson that God wants to pass on to us in this scripture. Because I believe that the time of convention is a time that God threw a feast. It's a time that God is calling us to his own party. And... Unfortunately, some people try to turn down the invitation. I want us to be wise this morning. 
We have few more weeks and to get ourselves ready for this banqueting party that Jesus is organizing for the church. And it's likened to what King Xerxes did in his own time. In Esther chapter 1, and I read from verse 1. He says, this is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Saxes who ruled over 127 provinces, stretching from India to Kush or Ethiopia. And at that time, King Saxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials, the military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes, and also the nobles of the prophecies were present. So it's like when apostle will call all the leaders. And God also is now calling all of us who are leaders. When I'm talking about leaders, I'm talking both of the ordained leaders and also those who are workers in the house. Head of department. And if you find yourself working the workforce in the house. God is calling us to this banquet. I wonder how many of us are looking forward to this banquet that God is going to display among us in a few weeks' time. Maybe some of us have not even got the glimpse of it. Or some are like up themselves out. They are now in their blame. They've given themselves more work to do during that period. They've counted themselves out. I believe that none of us will count ourselves out. He said, for a fool... A full of one, a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and the glory of his majesty. And that's what God is about to do in this season. God is going to display the wealth of his glory. God is going to display the wealth of his riches, the riches of his words. The riches of His grace. Power demonstration. We are in the month of power. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will fall upon the head of most people. The grace of God will so much be so much abundance in this house. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven more days in the enclosed garden of his king palace. And we are going to have a banquet for seven days. For all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa. This banquet, God is inviting every one of us. It is not just for the pastors or for the elders or for the deacons or the deaconesses. He's inviting everyone, both the young and the old, will be in this banquet. And he says... The garden had hanging of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple materials to silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on the mosaic pavement of papyri, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. And you see, in this auditorium, we don't need to design it because we are opportuned to have a building that is already designed by God. While we were in our former place, well, it's still existing, New Cross. When during the anniversary, we decorate the hall, you know, just to bring an awareness that something is happening. But we thank God that we are living in this 
luxurious and beautiful place, palace that God has given to us. So it's already decorated. All the curtains are hanging, all the design, craft, craft work and all that have beautified the place. Just to know that God is about to do something. So that was what happened in the days of King Saxis. The whole place was decorated because he was about to throw a banquet. So God is preparing a banquet for us as a church. And he said, wine was served in goblet of gold. Each one different from the other. Each one different from the other. And the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberty. So the wine will be in abundance. What does wine signify? Wine signifies joy. It will signify the Holy Spirit. That means that in the days of our convention, the Holy Spirit will be in abundance. The power of God will be in abundance. Joy will be in abundance. Abundant grace. We will never run out of wine. We will never run out of joy, of the Spirit, of the power of God. Every one of us will be a partaker of it. Every one of us can have a portion. It is available to all. So wine will be in abundance. And said, by the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions. So it depends on your appetite. It depends on how big your appetite is. I don't know. I don't want us to narrow our appetite for God. This is the season and the hour that God is visiting his people. This is the time for you to enlarge the capacity of your heart for God. That God will fill you up with his power. I don't know what you have been longing for, for years. Some of us desire to hear the voice of God. Some of us desire to see visions, have angelic ministrations. Some of us desire to operate in the nine gifts of the spirits. This is the hour for you to convert it. Some of us need the infilling of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is the hour to convert it because wine is in abundance. But God will only give you to the capacity of your heart. If your appetite is so small, then you will receive a small portion. If your appetite is so big, he will receive a bigger portion. But if I were you, this is the time that God wants to launch us out. I don't know what God is going to do about you tomorrow. But God has something great in store for you tomorrow. But what happens today matters on what, how God can use you tomorrow. For the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each one what he wished. There will be stewards here. And the stewards are already here. The stewards are the angels of God. Angels are all around this building. Angels are here to minister to your needs. Hebrew 1.14 They are here to minister to all your needs. That quietness of your soul. The things that you are ministering to God, speaking to God about in the quietness of your soul. Angels are there to minister to you. But it depends on how big and how open your heart is. In Matthew chapter 22, from verse 1 to 14, I read. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. 
He sent his servant to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. God is inviting us. God has an invitation and he has given it to the whole church. Just as Jesus was telling the disciples this parable. And he was, he has people in mind. You know, there are some people who God has in mind that yes, they will be there. Especially those of us who are workforce in the house. They will be there. But some of them refuse to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. <laughs> my oxen and my fattered cattle has been butchered. And everything is ready. You know, God is not about to prepare what we are about to receive. Everything has already been done. It's just for us to come. And then the angels will attend to us. Everything has already been prepared for. He said, but they paid. He said, come and to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. I believe every one of us here, we are paying attention to the invitation of God. We are not giving God excuses. We are not giving God excuses and said another convention will come. What if it didn't come? What if rapture takes place? What if some of us are not actually there? I pray that we will not miss God's invitation. We will not miss the hour of God's visitation. When God invites you to the banquet, everything is paid for. He will also leave you with a deposit. He will also leave you with a gift. You will never go empty-handed. He said, go. When the servants refused to come, in verse, read from verse 5 again. He said, but they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. Are we that person that we have a job who say, well, I'm going to my job. Or I have meetings to attend to. After we have been given one year notice. He said, the rest sees his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he sent to his servant, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corner and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Mm -hmm. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are 
chosen. Many are invited. I pray that as many of us that are sitting down here will be seated on the convention as well, where we will be blessed. But here comes, it's talking about now, someone who did not come with a wedding dress. And many of us here, those who do not come, what is he talking about, the wedding dress? The wedding dress is the garment of righteousness. Some of us are wearing this garment and some are not. In Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says, But the cowardly, these are the people who are not wearing, wearing the wedding dress. The garment of righteousness, the rope of righteousness. But the cowardly, and reading, reading from Revelation 21 verse 8, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic acts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fairy lake of burning sulfur. And this is the second death. I want to address the people who are not wearing the wedding dress. We have been talking about how big is your appetite. Those who have appetite for God are those who have already received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But God is saying there is a banquet that is coming. And it's not for those who are without the wedding dress. Those who are, not without, those who are without the wedding dress are the liars. And they are the sexual immorals. They are the unbelievers. No one, not just anybody is invited to the wedding banquet that Jesus is going to invite us to at the last day of the feast, which is his coming. It's only for those who have the wedding dress. Maybe you are here this morning and you are not wearing the right garments. Maybe the garment you have been wearing is the garment of you turning away your back from serving the Lord. God is calling you that this is the time for you to change your garments. Because for those who wear the wrong garments, the Bible says that they will be bound legs and foot. And then they will be cast into outer darkness. Outer darkness is in the dungeon, hell. And that will not be our portion. In Revelation 22, 14 to 15, it's similar to that. It said, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates of the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic acts, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practice falsehood. Everyone who love and practice falsehood. You may say, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not even an idolater. I do not even serve idols. But maybe you practice falsehood. What are the falsehoods? If you give yourself to malice, you give yourself to slander, you give yourself to gossip, or you even lie, God says... You are among those who will stay outside. You are among those who have not clothed yourself with a rope. Christianity is not just about you just wearing the Christianity garment once and for all. You know, Christianity is not, Christianity is not just about save, once save, forever save. The Bible says we should wash our robe daily. Daily. You must wash your robe daily. So daily you are examining yourself whether you are in the faith. Then daily you are placing your life on the scale 
to see whether what you are doing is in line with the word. And in this house, apostles have so much to do it in such a way that we will not have any time to do things that are invaluable. He has given us so much scriptures. Those scriptures are not for us to just read for head knowledge. It's for us to use it to weigh our life, to measure our life, to wash our life. The book of John said that you are made clean by the word that you have received. You are made clean and sanctified by the word that you receive. So that each day you read the word, you are using the word to measure your life. You are using the word to cleanse your life. You are using the word to sanctify your life. Why? So that you can be ready when Jesus comes. Nobody knows the hour. The Bible says even the angels and the son do not know the hour when Jesus will come. But it's only the father that knows the very hour. So if we are using this word of God to wash ourselves daily, that means that we are ready for Jesus to come. If you come in the morning, we are ready. If you come in the midnight while we are sleeping, we are ready. If you come in the midday when we are walking and doing our about, going about our own business, we are ready. Why? Because the word of God washes us daily. So Christianity is not just about once saved, forever saved. His grace cover me. In this church, we don't believe in that. In this church, we believe that we have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. At the same time, there is a righteous walk that every believer has to go through. We must walk in righteousness even though we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So part of our daily walk with Jesus is for us to search the scriptures. It's for us to be in his presence. It's for us to long for him and long for him alone and let him be our priority in life. I don't know what your priority is. But I want us, even as a body, that our priority should be for God. Because God is looking for men and women that will walk side by side with him. God is looking for men and women that will not deny him. Men and women that will make themselves available for God's use. Men and women that will not turn down the invitation of God. God is calling us to his own banquet. He's calling us to his own party. And when God calls to his party, he always gives us angels that will minister to our needs. It might just be that convention that you will come to. That will change the whole course of your life. Some of us do not know the purpose at which we are being called. Some of us do not know why do I really come to Christ with Abanaku? What job do you want me to do in this house? Where are my place? What is my position in here? Some of us don't know. But in the midst of the convention, God will enlighten your eyes because He have a word. When the word of God goes forth, He will minister to you alone, not to us. When you come to a convention, you come to God himself. When you come to church like this, we come to his mission to you alone, not to us. So maybe your long-time expectation will be realized in the convention. Your long-time expectation will be realized in God's presence. But God wants you to come to him. He wants your heart to be open to him. He wants your heart to be big, to receive from him. He wants a big longing from you. He wants your appetite to be big. He wants your craving to be big. He wants the longing of your heart to be big. But it's only you that can answer that question. It is only you that can 
Say, God, how, here I am, send me. We know about the life of Isaiah when Isaiah was commissioned. When you are in the presence of God, there is always something that you know that you are not the all in all. You know that there is still something lacking. Prior to that, maybe Isaiah was thinking that he is okay with God. But when he came in contact with God's presence, he knew that, oh my God, I am a man of an unclean lips. And I dwell among the men of unclean lips. He said, I'm done for. Woe is me. Because you cannot come into the presence of God and play holy. There will always be something in you that needs to be perfected. So in the time of convention, I just want to, you know, gear our hearts ready. Because this convention is like no other. It's a convention that God wants to release that which he has spoken to your servant 34 years ago. Apostle keep on ringing it in our minds, bringing up in us, in our spirit, so that we can get it. That this convention is God's divine intervention in our lives. That things will turn around. But our appetite needs to be big. Our hearts need to be enlarged. Our hearts need to be yearning for God. We cannot afford to be complacent. We cannot afford to have a nonchalant attitude. Oh, whatever it be, whatever it is, whatever it is. No, your heart needs to yearn for it. And God is only going to meet you based on how vast and how big your appetite is. I want us to stand up this morning. We're going to pray. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I want us to pray. Those who do not thirst and hunger for righteousness will not be filled. So we are going to pray that God, if you are here today and you have not even had a thirst and an hunger for God, we want to tell God, God, create a thirst in my heart. Create an hunger for my, in my heart for righteousness. Remove every thirst for worldliness because everyone has a thirst. Whether you have the thirst for the spiritual or you have the thirst for the carnal. We are going to pray that God remove every thirst of worldliness from me. Thirst for lust. Thirst for carnality. Remove it from me. And fill me with the thirst of God. Fill me with the thirst of godliness. Create a thirst and an hunger in my spirit. For you said that if I thirst and hunger for righteousness, I will be filled. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be filled with your power. I want to be filled with your grace. I want to be filled with godliness. I want to be filled with your power. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said, blessed are 
those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. My God and my King will come before your presence. You are the God that says that, Lord, when we thirst and hunger for righteousness, it will fill us up with the power of your Spirit. Lord, peradventure, we are thirsty, Lord God, for ungodliness. Lord, remove every ungodly thirst from us. Remove every carnality thirst from us. Remove every worldly thirst from us. Father, we are thirsty of your power. We are thirsty of your glory. We are thirsty of your grace. We are thirsty of your word. We are thirsty of righteousness. Fill us with your spirit divine. Fill our hearts with your spirit divine. Fill our soul with your spirit divine. We want more of you in our life and less of us. My God and my King, we pray. Fill us with a thirst for godliness. Fill us with a thirst for righteousness. Fill us with a thirst for your power. Enable us to pray for your power. This is our month of power. This is our year of divine favor. We want power from you, God. We want the power of God to manifest in our life. We want the power of God to manifest in our soul. So we thirst for your power. We thirst for your glory. We thirst for your power. We thirst for your glory. Fill us with your power divine. Fill us with your glory, God. Fill us with your grace. In the name of Jesus, we are hungry for you, Lord God. We are hungry for your power. We are hungry for righteousness. We are hungry for godliness. Fill us, O God, Father, to the brim with your power divine. Enable us, O God, Father, Lord God, that our hearts, O God, will pray for you. That our hearts, O God, will long for you. That our hearts will be thirsty for you. That our hearts will be hungry for you. Fill us, O God, with your spirit. Fill us, O God, with your grace. Fill us, O God, with your power. Saturate our being, O God, with godliness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that, Lord, we may display your power wherever we go. We are living, O God, in a season where your power will be demonstrated. Father, we pray, Father, fill us with your power, O God. Fill us with your grace, O Lord. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your unction. Let your power and your grace rest upon us as a church. Let it rest upon us as a people. Enable us, O God, to long for your presence. Enable us to long for your glory. Enable us to long for your power. Let your unction and power, let it rest upon us, O God. In the name of Jesus, manifest your grace in our life. Manifest your power in our life. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Strength, stretch your tent cutting wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. We are going to pray. There is still more room for God in our lives. More room for God in our lives. No matter your level, you still need God. You still need more of God and less of yourself. If less of yourself diminish and let God occupy, then God can use you beyond measure. John said that he may decrease, but God will increase. But here comes someone who is greater than John. He said the least in the kingdom is greater than John. We know that John was a greater, was a great prophet. But the Bible says we that are born of the Spirit, we are greater than John. So if John, who was a cousin of Jesus, could say that he has to decrease while Jesus increased. I believe that God is saying it to myself and yourself, that we need to decrease so that God will increase in us. 
So we are going to pray that God will enlarge the capacity of our heart for him. We want him in our lives. We want more of him in our lives. Let's ask God. God, stretch the curtain of our heart wide. And Lord, let our heart capacity for God increase. Lift up your voice and pray in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent and curtain wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your courts. Strengthen your stakes. Father, we pray, Lord, we need more of you in our lives. More of you and less of us. More of you and less of us. More of you and less of us. Enlarge, oh God, Father, the capacity of our hearts for you, God. We want God, oh God, Father, in our lives. We want more of God in our lives, oh God. Less of us, my Father. Let self die in us, my Father. Let self die in us. But let righteousness, oh God, spring forth from deep within. Let our hearts, oh God, Father, capacity enlarge for God. Father, we need you in our lives. We need you in our lives. We are desperate for you, God. We long for you, God, in our hearts. We long for you, God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let our appetite for God increase. Let our appetite for godliness increase. Let our appetite for the things of God increase. Let our appetite for service increase. My Father, we need more of you in our lives. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. Touch every life in this house, O oh Lord. Touch every young and every old in this life, O oh God. Open the capacity of our heart. Enable the capacity of our heart to be enlarged in the name of Jesus. That will not hold back. We will not hold back. We will not hold back. But we give you our all. We give you our soul. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We give you our parts. Father, take everything, O oh God, and use us for your glory. Let us be used of you, Father. Tell God to use you. Tell God that you are wholly available to him. Tell God that God use me, Lord God. Use me, Lord God, in Christ with tabernacle. Use me, United Kingdom. Help me to break out to the north, to the west, to the east. Help me to spread out. Help me, Lord God. Use me, Lord. Make me a vessel that you can walk through. Make me a vessel that you can walk through. Lord, I make myself available. I say, like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Tell the Lord, Lord, send me. I am available for you. I am available for you. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. I make myself available to you, Lord. I do not give you, Lord God, for excuse not to use me. I say, Lord, I'm available for your use. I am available for your use. Use me, Lord God, in this convention coming. Make me, Lord God, a vessel that you can walk through. After this convention, let me manifest. The whole world is yearning for my manifestation. Let me manifest. Let me manifest your power. Let me manifest your grace. Let me manifest your glory. Use me, my Father, in this end time, Lord God. Use me. Empower me, Lord God. Empower me, my Father. Let me be a vessel that you can walk through. Let me be a vessel that you can use, Lord God, for the glory of your name. Lord, enlarge the capacity of my heart for God. Enlarge the capacity of my heart for God. Father, let my love for you abound. Let my love for you abound. Let my love for you abound in the name of Jesus. Father God, we bless your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. 
In Jesus' mighty name we are praised. With all head bowed and all eyes closed. I read earlier in the book of Matthew 22. And I read about how someone was in the gathering who do not have the wedding garments. And God asked him, or the king asked him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man did not have anything to say. You cannot come before the presence of the Lord with a dirty clothes. You cannot come before the presence of the Lord without the right garments. God is looking for someone who will be clothed with salvation this morning. God is looking for someone who will say, God, I cannot continue this life without you. There is an outer darkness. There is hell somewhere. This life will not continue forever. The God who began it will put an end to it one day. Nor what we have been reading about will become a reality. For many are invited, but few are chosen. I want you to be part of the few that are chosen this morning. So if you are here this morning and you know that you have not given your life to Christ, there is no appetite whatsoever. And when the ministration was going on this morning, you were saying to yourself, I really